Welcome to Season 2 of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability. Welcome to the Week Pastor Podcast. We're so grateful that you've joined us today on this new episode. Sua, are you doing well on this Very beautiful well. day here in New Jersey? It's beautiful. It looks, it looks like a nice day over there. Dep- like based on what? I'm looking at your window. It looks pretty good, but I think you got a shade over it, but it looks pretty bright out there. It's it's sunny. I'll give you that. Okay. But um, yesterday when Lila was praying for her um, evening prayer routine, she said, and please, God, it's just so freaking cold. <laughs> like, please, God, a she little said bit freaking? more. She's like, yeah, oh she my God. yeah, she's like, it's so freaking cold. <laughs> God, please. Well, no, it, this week I was I was in your neck of the woods. I was in Wisconsin uh, this right. weekend and it it was 11 degrees like yeah that's pretty bad like nine and i was like it's this is pretty awful bad. It's, I mean, it's been such a warm winter in new jersey and going there Wait, has had, it been unseasonably warm oh incredibly warm i mean really? it's been so warm here that's why we haven't had any snow it just hasn't it's, Wait, it are hasn't you joking you, you guys had a blizzard like a couple of weeks ago no that's buffalo we got zero we got nothing there's nothing really? we, yeah it just turns to rain for oh. us so we huh. have no nothing so I guess no complaints from you all right. So listen, I, I know I know you have an opening question, but I have a question to ask you because I listened to our last episode. How, how are you? How are those tight jeans doing? Did the rigid cotton actually work when you sat like a couple hours doing this podcast? Did it, it totally actually work to your body? And I just want to say um, one of my small group friends, um, Amy, messaged me saying, hey, where did you get those jeans? You know, I asked about probably two or three women and I just said, have you ever heard of rigid cotton? And they're like, no, like, what is that? And I actually explained, and they're like, no, I was like, I've never even heard of jeans like that. You could buy jeans that'll actually like mold to your body. That's okay. hilarious. First of all, this is years and years ago when I was still on Frontline at Metro. It's the welcoming, like welcoming yeah. ministry at Metro. Yeah. Um, Jen Shin, my friend and I were sitting, I remember like right in the front area. Do you, do you know Michael, you know, Michael Hong, right? Michael of Hong course. was one of the Metro. Yeah. 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 He was, he's like big into fashion. Like he's, well, he's a fashion own, like, designer. Okay. Right? Yeah. So he gave me this whole spiel about how raw denim, like rigid raw denim is the best kind of denim to buy. There's a very specific type of like salvage denim that you can get only from Japan. And he, and so we were like, feel our denim. Is this good denim? And we both got rejected. He like felt it and literally in a million he's like no this china he's like this so, so are you, china. so mike hong is the, is the one that's responsible for teaching you about rigid cotton well he, he the i one think that he that? he placed the thought in my mind okay, okay. but you know what yeah, i mean he would know the guy's rigid denim designer, is so. not that rare i feel like it's all over social media really? and people never, wear it all the time i've never heard of it never heard you've of never it. heard never of that. like people going to vintage shops to find vintage levi 501s that are like oh, perfectly I- broken in I've heard of vintage, yeah, but yeah. But, so like those yeah. are so the denim that was created in the '90s and '80s and '70s had no stretch. Stretch denim yeah. is like a recent phenomenon. Oh, okay. so like you know jeggings, like that's like a new thing. Yeah, back in the day yeah. when people wore jeans, like you know in the '90s, yeah, we didn't have stretchy denim. Like it was all like that's cotton true. denim, you know. Yeah. So that's basically what it is. It's not anything super, you know, revolutionary. It's just that I think. Ever since we added elastane and like stretch to our jeans, now we don't. We think it's weird that denim is like stiff, but it's supposed. But to it, be. but it's uncomfortable, isn't it? Though, like the stretch makes it like. Listen, it beauty it so is pain. Okay, oh, beauty is pain. You are hilarious. All right? you are hilarious. There, nobody said that comfort makes you look your best. 
I just want to no, say. But doesn't the stretch actually make like mold better to your body because it's more spandexy, so it sticks. I don't more need to things to mold to my body. My body needs okay. lift. It doesn't need to be molded to my. Like I don't want my body. All right, enough. As is. Enough about this. I need a little okay. bit of support. Okay. Need a, all right, you need lift. Okay. I need some support. Okay. All right. Nobody wants to see this body <laughs> as is. Nothing should be molding to this body yeah, as okay. is. I need a, some. You I need so some. Funny. I need some intervention. You are hilarious. Mm, all right. Yeah. All right. So, mm -hmm. what is your question you have for us today? Okay. So my question is, <clears throat> it's a little consumeristic. And I think the reason why this question is on my mind is because I'll tell you a very quick story. <laughs> so, you know, we're in Lenten season. I don't know if we'll still be in Lenten season when this episode yeah. goes out, but we're like in Lenten season, right? You're supposed yeah. to, I don't know where this whole idea of like giving up something came up because I don't think it's necessarily mm -hmm. biblical. I mean, yeah. I know like my yep. Catholic friends used to give up meat and then they do it on, yeah. like on Fridays, they would like gorge on meat because apparently on Fridays it's allowed. Did you hear about mm. this too? Okay. So I know this has become no, it's, like it's a, a thing. lot on Sundays, not Fridays. Oh, is it Sundays? Oh, yeah, Sundays. Sundays. Okay, yeah, sorry. Sundays, yeah. So like there's this whole like weird Christian cultural thing where people have been giving up like random things during the Lenten season um, to draw closer to God. And people, a lot of people give up like social media. People will give up like mm -hmm, alcohol, mm -hmm, things mm -hmm, like this, right? Mm -hmm. um, sugar. So yep. I was like, I'm not doing this. Like why? This is, I don't know. I don't know the biblical basis for this. Like I'm not. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not I mean, I've done it in the past, but I was like, I'm not doing yep. it. Yeah. And yep. then um I, I got, somebody asked me, like, hey, did you give up anything? Because I gave up alcohol. Like, did you give up anything? And I was like, no, 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 I don't really believe in that. Like, I don't really think I need to do it. And then um that night I had a dream. <laughs> and listen, oh, no. I just want to preface this the by saying no, no, I'm prefacing this by <laughs> saying I'm like 99% sure this is completely me and my crazy brain. It's not God. Okay. Like 99.9% right, right. .9 sure. Okay. So I have this dream, right? And in my dream, yeah. it's so bad. In my dream, I go to this person that somebody says is like a modern day prophet. Like they said this person does prophetic prayer and you should go get prophetic prayer from this person. So I'm like, in my dream, I'm like, great. Like I would love a word of like prophetic, like a yeah. prophetic word in my life. Yeah. So in my dream, I go to this person and the person's praying for me. And this person says, the first thing he says is, um, I distinctly remember the dream because the person said, um, you are now Jesus. He says, you, Jesus is in you and you are in Jesus. You are now one. So go live as Jesus. But then he said, but you need to, you need to stop online shopping. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> and I was like, what? I think and that's then, like, God. I, okay. I so then I wake God. up, right? I wake up. Well, the person said, the whole first part. And then the second part, he was like, you need to stop online shopping because it's distracting you from doing what God wants you to do. Like your mind is elsewhere, like so, all the time. You need to focus. Hilarious. They said you that's need to hilarious. focus. So I wake up and I'm like, what the heck was that? So I like completely don't really think about it. But then that like as the day was going on, I was like, I'm like 99.9% .9 sure that was like a total crapshoot. But what if there's like the 0.01% chance that like this is from God and I'm like not listening to God, right? So it's it, it's better for me to err by not online shopping for like 40 days and possibly like doing what God told me to than take that 0 0.001 chance of like going directly against a prophetic word from God. So I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll give it up. Or, like I won't do it. Or maybe... Or maybe, you know, no, maybe it's because you and John are one. You and John needs to stop doing online shopping for the next 40 days. 
Maybe that's he what can. the are about. Every day he orders some weird house. You see? House Maybe thing. it's not you. Maybe it's for John. You guys are one, so you guys got to do it together, right? So no, you the emphasis was both... on Jesus and I being one. It wasn't on John no, and I being no, one. No, I, no, I think it was you um, and John being one. But you know what's hilarious? Like, it would have been funny, like, and then you said the next day, like, say it was a Monday, and then <laughs> you went about your day, you got, like, 15 packages. <laughs> I was like, I need to do it now before like, I start. And, and it still doesn't dawn on you that, yeah, this probably is God. Look at all those packages you're getting every single day. What's wrong with you, well, girl? No. So, um, yeah, it was terrible because recently I went to Vegas and um, you, OK, you know what? Full full disclaimer. Right. I you did. Can... I did shop in Vegas, but it's not online shopping. So I feel like it's OK. OK. Um, but did you did you go to Caesar's Palace? All oh, you can eat buffet. Please tell me. You did. We didn't do any buffets. Oh, man. I'll tell you why. It's because no John was responsible for planning this trip. And oh, I can tell you that oh, we man. were we had five days in Vegas and he had nothing planned for the entire so, trip. So disappointing. Like every so morning I would wake up and be like, what are we doing today? He'd be like, I don't know. So that's the last time I ever go on a trip well, where John plans Well, I blame it. that on you. I blame that on you. Right? That's like me asking Jenny, okay, you plan the vacation, okay? No, we'll just see what happens. But it was John's conference, so I can't plan things because I don't know oh, what his oh, conference okay, schedule okay, is. Okay. And I kept asking right. him, John, which conferences are you attending? And he'd be like, I don't know. I, I'm going to see when I get there. So after a while, I just give up because I don't. I can't plan things if I don't know what his schedule is. And yeah, the priority John, is his conference. John, John knew that, that he didn't go out there for the conference. He just went out there so that he he can have you know five days with you without the kids so that's why yeah, and then when we out. came back we came back um and the kids were like being crazy like day one of us coming back and the days were being like the kids were being crazy at dinner and john looks at me and goes can we just go back to vegas exactly exactly <laughs> yeah, anyway so uh, my question is what's the question girl the question is yeah what is the best thing that you have bought in your life ever that you have you yourself have bought it has to be something that like is like a material item. That you can't be right like, now. oh, like that I holy... still have right now. No, it doesn't have to be. But you can't be like the Holy Bible or some crap like that. Okay. It has to be like an actual like Sua, Sua. That's <laughs> something that you would say, not me, okay? So get a grip, girl. <laughs> I have you, you know what? Like, Recent I have, I have so I have many a Bibles. 1988 NIV Bible. <laughs> I have so many Bibles because people just give them to me. But recently I finally opened the new Bible. And guess whose name was on the Bible? Your Ooh. name. It was the Bible that you gave me when I started Jack. I went to small group oh, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is a nice Bible. That's what I'm talking like, about. Oh, that's a out. genuine leather I-N Bible. Yeah, girl. it was it was high. It was like smooth as that's, butter. It was yeah, great. yeah. That was not a cheap Bible. That was not bonded leather. leather. That was genuine leather. So, okay. So for <laughs> me, I think it's kind of easy for me because uh, if, if I could say, yeah, the best thing I, I ever brought in my life was... Um, my 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 acoustic guitar i have a, a martin d35 it's a three oh, nice. back and i bought that as soon as i got married to jenny um i i, I did i had a a real bad guitar and she was just like you know what let's get you a nice guitar and i said well i've always dreamed of owning a martin and the good thing about martins is that if you if you buy a good one it actually appreciates over time so uh because the wood settles in and stuff mm. like that so yeah i still have it to this day it sounds so beautiful and because it's a three-piece it's louder than a typical acoustic guitar because it's a three-piece in the back. And so it actually, it plays really well. And and uh, I love the guitar. So that's my baby. That's my baby. I would say the best thing I ever brought was that guitar. And I'm just so grateful that I have it. And honestly, like if there was a fire in my house, as Don't long do as my it. family- Don't say it. As long as my family's out, as long as my family's outside, as long as they're out. Including Kobe, that, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Including oh my Kobe. gosh. 
including Kobe. You're gonna get sued by like animal rights people. All right, uh, including Kobe. Okay, we get him out. You won't though. Let's be real. Okay, don't lie. You can't lie on the weekend podcast. Is it Kobe or is it your Martin? Just be honest. Oh, okay. If I had to make a choice, yes. Oh, that's so. You're the one who brought it up. You said there's a fire. No, 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 no. Okay. Nobody told you to do this. All right, no, no, no. I would. I, I, I love Kobe. I would save Kobe. But if all the, all the humans and pets are, are out of the house and the house is burned, I can bring one item with me. Hands down, would be the guitar. I'll let my bike burn. I don't care. I'll just hands down. I would bring really? my guitar. I mean, yeah, it's, I love are pretty fancy though. Oh, they're they're the best acoustic guitars made. I mean, they're just Wait, so, so Jenny they're, bought they're, it for you. You know, so long ago. Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think we bought it together. Like I saved up for some of it and then she, you know, she, we just, she's like, all right, just go get it, get it. And I did. And I absolutely love that guitar because I used to lead worship back in the day. That's when we right. Got married. I was a worship <laughs> That's leader. Right. So it was just kind of like, I was like, I don't have an electric, I don't have an acoustic guitar used in the churches and the churches is not really that great. So she's like, all right, it's time for you to get a guitar. So I was like, okay. So I got that guitar and it's, oh man. It's have you, so, guitar, okay. When's when it, the last time you've played this guitar? Last week. Wait, Last really? Week, I, I actually, oh yeah. So like, I I change it up a little bit. Like my my times with the Lord. Uh, there are some mornings I wake up and I'm just like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna actually just worship today. So I just go to my basement. I just worship. So is it I like play, mostly eighties, nineties? Oh heck songs. yeah, girl! Is it like the shout mostly. to the Lord, created me a clean heart? These kinds of songs. Yo, absolutely. And then <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I got even older songs, and I got songs like in the eighties before you were born, early eighties. I bet you I know them. Maybe you What's know what like, you probably do is because whenever I let worship at staff meetings, there there were like like the three four songs I would only sing, and so you probably remember. You know, and like Shirley that, is the only yeah. one that loves those songs because she and I love anything from the eighties. So, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, so for so me, you still it play be, it. Oh yeah, yeah. For me, it would be I don't play it often, so my hand, my fingers hurt after a while because you know it's it just you got to have callus on your fingers, and I don't have it anymore because I don't play it enough. You have very delicate but, uh, fingers. I just want our listeners to know that you are the one of the very very few people that i know that what? wear glove wears gloves to do dishes i do not wear gloves to do dishes don't lie to me don't lie to no, me no i'm telling i'm keeping it 100 maybe at one point because my, my wife brought she always don't wears lie. it I was like, and i can't don't wear blame her. it on so jenny she, I was like, get me one. She said, so she got me one, but I don't. I, it might have had a hole in it, or I don't know. But you know, I have good memories. Years. You know, I have good memories. When been, I used to go uh, to your house for years. a small group, you were wearing yeah, gloves. But so, that was a and long then, time well, ago, and girl. And then I was like, PP, why do you need to wear gloves to do dishes? And then you had the nerve to like make excuses for yourself. You were like, it's not because like, it's it's not about the cleanliness. It's because I like to make the water really hot, and I just don't want to burn my skin. That's right, really hot. And I want to hear the squeakiness of the plates. Mm -hmm. That's what I. Can. But anyway, all right. What about you? What's the best thing you ever purchased? So I feel a little bit guilty saying this because it's it's so bougie. Like it's such a bougie purchase. Oh come on! All right, let's um, first first of all share it, and I'll determine if it's bougie or not. Oh, it's it's bougie. Like if you look up the definition of bougie, like this would be under it. Okay. So recently, I John and I, because we are one, we yes. purchased something called a tonal. Have you ever heard of the tonal? I heard of it, but I forgot what it is. It's like, have you heard of the mirror? No. Okay, so it's like a, it's a fitness equipment, and it it gets. Oh, it's the LeBron it's James like, thing. It's the one on the wall. Yeah, the one that LeBron James invested in. I don't know, and then they have like, and the thing that's freaking awesome. 
Okay, by the way, this is not wait, sponsored wait, wait. by Martin Guitars or Tonal. That that looks like that a waste there. of money. When I see those commercials, it looks like a big waste of money. It's amazing. And I'll tell you no, why. No, it's not. I'll tell no, you why. it's not. Listen, it's I'll tell you why. I can't believe you. So it comes, so you don't need to use free weights because it comes with, like it basically adjusts your weight based on how strong you are. I don't know how to explain it. So it's like a smart adjusting system. So here's why it works for me perfectly. Because I tend to underestimate myself. So when I do free weights, you know, they'll say, pick up some heavy weights and pick up some medium weights, right? And so I always go, I think, a little lower than what I actually can do. Um, But the tonal doesn't let you do that because they know exactly how quickly and how easily you're doing it. So they'll just like pack on the weight. And the thing is, while I'm doing it, I'm like, there's no way I can finish it. But then I do. Which just oh makes goodness. me realize I've been underselling myself this whole time, which is probably why I was seeing no results. Because, you know, <laughs> you know, they say that when you work out, you're supposed to, I don't know what it's called, but you know how you're supposed to like, there's like a, you're supposed to be able to really not, it's good, It's supposed to be really difficult to do the last couple sets when you do your reps. Yeah, yeah you got to like, the burn. It's never really difficult for me with free weights because I'm like, there's no way I can go that high. But now with the stupid tonal, I'm like, I'm cursing like as I'm doing those last couple of reps and it won't let me back down because they are like, we know how much you can do, you idiot. Like, stop so, it. Stop being, wow. a, stop Wait, being so, a coward. So, so how long have you had the tonal? So I've had it for about three weeks. And here's the other part that's like Wait, really right, great Sue, about Sue, it. Sue, you got to take some before and after pictures. <laughs> Like, Only like, if Tonal sponsors me. You no, know, you got to do like a muscle, like a bicep, and then you got to do it before. Have John take it. Not like now if you haven't taken it and then see what happens like in six no, months. It's so see bougie. How much, how- it's so bougie, but it's so great because now I used to only work out three to four times a week, but the Tonal is so easy because it's just, it's so convenient. Like you don't even have to pick up weights. You, I don't have to wear gloves. Yeah, you, and you won't get injured. Anything. Yeah, because it's, it's elastics, right? It's like, yeah. it's like cables. Yeah, yeah so, so, so you can't really hurt yourself. It just, you just pick a program, you just say which muscles you want to do. And then they have any exercises ranging from like 10 minutes, to like 60 minutes. You just do whatever you want. And so now, because it's so convenient, like I'll just be like hanging around upstairs and I'll be like, I have 15 minutes. I'll go do a total exercise. So I just, I've been working out like seven times a week. Yo, you got to give your body a rest, girl. What's wrong with you, man? Because it's fun. You're crazy. It's fun. You're, turning, yo, you're hilarious. <laughs> You are so funny. Okay, so have you seen results though? Do you feel like your body is changing after no. three weeks? Of That's why I need those rigid items. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, so it's only three weeks. Let's give it a few months and we'll we'll check in on you later. Yeah, but I just want to... Okay, so again, not sponsored. And yes, I, I acknowledge fully it's freaking bougie AF. Like it's so bougie that it's like making me cringe as I say it because it's hella expensive too. But man... You pay a monthly fee as well? Yes, it's like the Peloton, but something that I've decided recently, because now I'm squarely middle age, um, I can see how deteriorating physical body will completely impact the quality of my life in like the next 10 to 20. (laughs) Because, you know, when you're like in your 20s and your teens, like you don't really think about it. Like you don't really think about it because you feel invincible. You don't really have like your body failing on you very much yeah. like it's just very far distant in the future maybe yeah. you will have mobility issues but i think as you reach middle age ish you kind of start seeing like a little bit of like creaks and like little foreshadowings of like what could possibly happen and and really made me feel like 
holy crap, my quality of life will be so much lower if I have mobility issues. And I would like to maximize like my chances at having um, like a healthy body as I get older. And so I try not to skim too much when it comes to like health things, because I think it's part of like being in this life stage where you can kind of see where it's going. You know, I, I, uh, it just, it just, you just triggered me because I was in Wisconsin. This I weekend triggered you, PP. That, that's a word. Yeah, I was playing. Uh, so I stopped playing tennis for the last like two months because I've I've had tennis elbow, and I've been getting rehabbed. I, I've been rehabbing at Maven. It's been feeling really good. I'm like, okay, this is good. All right, so I'm going to play when I go to Wisconsin, and so I played uh, twice. Played for about two hours per sesh, and uh, man, like. So the elbow hurts, but it's more manageable. But it's my knees. My knees, like just after, you know, it doesn't hurt when you're playing, but when you're done, and then it just it just throbs. And I'm just thinking, I might need to stop this. I might have to stop playing tennis. Is it maybe, just I, like the, I, the cartilage? I have no idea. Maybe I should uh-huh. talk to your husband and see like, what's going on with my knee? Like, no, I don't he's, feel he's it. not going to be very helpful. He's just going to be like, it's probably the beginning of arthritis, which is completely normal, you know? You know what? It's probably it. So I was thinking maybe I should get my uh, gotta get my knee checked out because I don't want to keep damaging it. By the time I'm like sixty, I'm gonna be like, I, I won't be able to walk. That, that's what knee. I'm saying. And you're super tall, yeah. so you know the odds are. Well, all tall too. people usually have get knee replacements. Yeah, it's like with a given. So I I'll know. I I talk. Knee. I think about that a lot when I yeah um talk about how short I am. Like I try to remember that there's See? something benefits. Exactly. To being Look, short. so many benefits to being We're short. We're very space efficient and. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. It doesn't matter where you sit in the airplane, you're, you're fine. You know, I'm I have still to worry would about like to be room. taller because I recently wait, uh, I recently charted my height and I feel like I'm shrinking. What would be your ideal height? Ideal height. Ooh, ideal height? Yeah, if you could if you can mm. if, if you can if you can say I want to be this tall, you can be what would, what would that be your ideal height? You know, to be honest, it's not that like I, I I'm not like a guy who's like, oh, I would love to be like six, seven and be in the NBA. Yeah. Honestly, if God came down and was like, listen, I will make you this height. Just name it. Five, five. That's all I want to be. I don't want to be much taller than five, five. You're five, three right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's two more inches. Yeah. I don't really yeah. want to be that tall because you're right. Like, I think it would inconvenience me in life. Yeah. Um, But I would just like a couple of inches. You yeah. know what I mean? Because my all my pants, like it makes me sad when I have to like cut off the bottom. <laughs> it's like I paid for this textile and now like I have to like cut off like five inches because my legs are so short. It hurts me. Oh man. Mine would be six feet. I would love to be six feet tall. I think that would even help my knees. Can I tell you something so, funny? Yeah. Um, hopefully you don't get offended by this. What? It's too late now. I so you know, I've been with John for a really long time, right? So yeah. um, I've known him since he was like 19. Um, and he, you know, John's not like a tall guy, but, and he would always want, like, you know, I think a lot of men who are not super tall want to be tall. Like that's something that they always wanted. And he would always talk about how he wishes he were this tall. Like he wishes he were six foot, whatever, like all the time. So recently I asked him, I said, Hey, so like now that you're in your forties, right. And like knowing like how life works and like, you know, Mm -hmm. would you rather be pastor Peter's height at six foot four? Or would you rather be your height, height, which is five foot eight? And he was like, "I don't want to be six foot four. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he no, was listen. Like, 
Flying on airplanes is a nightmare. Like getting into small cars is a nightmare. Yeah. Your knees and your joints go. My knees, like it's, and it's just part of me being, and I got skinny legs. So it's like my knees are just shot, man. It's like, like you did it, enjoy it for the first like 40 years of your life. No, I didn't enjoy yes, it. Yes, you did. I, like, no, no. I, I'm telling you, I didn't enjoy it. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe like if I played some basketball There's with my friend, privilege. of course I enjoy that. High privilege. So yes, I hear that, but it's very hard to to know that you live in height privilege and you experience it when you grow up in a very racist town in a school. Mm. So uh, it doesn't matter how tall you are; they just make they make fun of you even more because you're so tall. Uh, but you know, like this is a waste of height. It's 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 a great height if you want to be a, like a professional athlete or Division one athlete. But I don't need to be this tall, and uh, it's like such a waste and it's so inconvenient. Like when you're sitting in public transportation, whatever it might be, there's just and today I was in the airplane. Do you know how hard it is for me to pee in the bathroom in an airplane? I mean, I'm like a contortionist in there. I mean, Sue, you don't understand like what I do. I'm literally like this. Like my, I can't because I can't fit my head in there. I just, I'm like a contortionist. Like it's a good thing. Like I'm double jointed. So I'm oh like, God. I have to like bend over because, because like I just can't, my body doesn't fit in there. It's like so, so it's just I, like, I just want to um, say, um, I used to, what I used to be your, my brief stint as your um, secretary, um, <laughs> <laughs> I just I just want to say that if you ever wanted to know if Pastor Peter is like somebody who like lives the luxury lifestyle, like I remember when it, when I was a secretary, you got the approval from like the elder board to like get economy plus when you travel. And man, this was like the reaction of somebody who just was told that they could do first class, like wherever they go, just for economy plus. It no was idea. like praise Jesus, oh, you, economy oh, no, you, plus. Yeah, you'll never, you'll never know. You'll never know. Like for you, it's not a big deal, but for me, it's a world of difference. It's a world of difference. Oh, yeah, you'll never know. You know, I had to ride uh, just economy on uh, Korean Airlines years ago um and i sat i had the, i had the aisle seat but i did that whole way whole way to korea and it was brutal absolutely brutal so anyway it's pretty terrible it's like 15 it's hours. terrible it's terrible it's just like but you just you just okay i just have to accept the fact that for the next 13 hours i have to suffer and it has to be okay i just accept it and it's just it's brutal it's painful but anyway so we do have a show today so we, we do, do have, have an episode that we need to talk mm -hmm. about and so why don't you intro what we're going to do today and then you can just go ahead and start mm. asking so i had this idea um of you know when you were you know what maybe we should say that why you you're qualified to answer these questions. You know when sometimes like you're reading the Bible or like you're having conversations with your friends about Christianity yeah. and your faith and then you come across these things where suddenly you're like, wait a minute, like what? Like, I don't know. I don't understand really. I never really thought about this, but this doesn't really make sense to me suddenly. Or um, things like, you know, just hypothetical scenarios that you're kind of wonder like, hmm, is there some kind of biblical way to approach this? Um, mm. and <clears throat> I was like, well, you know, Pastor Peter, maybe I wouldn't have asked you like a year ago, but now that you're on the way to get your demon, like all you have to do is walk at this point. Maybe you are more qualified now to answer these very, I don't know about that. very difficult. I don't think questions. they're that difficult. You sent me the question. I was like, ah, I don't know if they're even that difficult. So, okay, mm. let's, 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 <clears throat> let's go at it. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Well, I mean, not all of them are like theological questions. Okay. So yeah, yeah. the first one which is something that um, I was thinking about because a friend recently messaged me um, 
<laughs> I think he messaged this to me because of my love for Tim Keller, but he messaged me something that Tim Keller had posted on his um, social media. And he was like, I don't know if theologically I'm, I'm in alignment with what Tim Keller was saying. And it was like a very subtle thing that he didn't agree with. And basically I'm summarizing here. <clears throat> Tim Keller was sound a lot more eloquent than this, but his post was basically about how our entire relationship with God is dependent a hundred percent on what Jesus did and not anything that we've done. And so when he, when God looks at us, he basically just sees Jesus. It's not us. And then I guess the question that my friend and I were going back and forth about was, okay, so that makes it seem as if God only wants us as his children because he's seeing basically like Jesus's righteousness in us now because as a result of Jesus's death and resurrection. But what about like before Jesus? Does that mean God doesn't love us separate from what Jesus has done for us? Like, does he only love us because of Jesus? Did he not love us before Jesus came? Um and I guess my question also is more like it's clearly evident in like the Old Testament that Jesus has a love for the Israelites, right? Like the Jewish people. But what about like the Gentiles, right? Like because we're like, as the Jewish people say, we're goy, we're Gentiles. Like so, there's nowhere in the Old Testament that really talks about, as, as far as I've been reading, like a very specific love for people who are outside of that chosen group. And so it made me wonder, like. Does God only, does, is it true? Like God really only loves me because of Jesus. And be, if Jesus, like before Jesus, did he not care about me? Does this question make sense? It does make sense. It does make sense. But I, I just, I, 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 I'm trying to understand the psyche of the person who asked you this question. Uh, because it's, I mean, I, I, I agree with a lot of things that Tim Keller says, but this one's kind of, like a, it's kind of, I mean, at least for me, I think. Yeah, of course. It, Jesus is the one who creates his position so that we can go before God, and we should rejoice in that. Like, we should rejoice the fact that Jesus, when God looks at us, he just sees Jesus in us. Like, praise God for that, because we're just such broken, sinful people, and that should give us freedom to, like, live and be more passionate. And yes, God loves us, and it gives God an opportunity for us to for us so that there is no barrier between sin and, like, sin is what caused the barrier and i would say in the old testament when you read it the reason why god couldn't like you know he loved us the same it's not that he loved us more but the problem was is that because of sin we weren't able to receive that love you know and so we had to deal with the sin but because jesus christ died for us on the cross and resurrected from the dead sin is no longer sin sort of death has lost its sting and so as a result of that because Jesus lives inside of us, not because Jesus has destroyed sin once and for all, and all we have to do is confess rather than sacrificing an animal, spraying the blood, you know, at the altar. Now we have this way to go before the before God, and now there are no more barriers. And so, not only does when God sees us, He sees that you know that He sees Jesus in us, but that allows us then to encounter God in a much deeper and more powerful way. So, anyway, so I mean. So I, I I'm not understanding the confusion a little bit, and and so you know, but I I you know I can I, I can appreciate it, but uh, I think every Christian should sign up for that, and every Christian should want that. Okay, you know? but, and it, yeah. Okay, but can it, I? Yeah. Okay, so maybe throw in a little angle here. We frequently say God loves everyone, right? So yes. we say when we go out to you know evangelize, we say God loves you, right? Yeah. How does God love them if they don't have Jesus? God loves everyone. No, no. I, I would say that God loves everyone, but we can't receive God's love if we don't have Jesus in our heart. I right? see. Because Jesus is the thing okay. that removes the sin so that we can receive God's love. It's not about God. 
like God's God loves us all. He created every single one of us. He didn't just create Christians. He created all of us. We're all created in the image of God. And it's the, it's the hope that people would come to know Jesus Christ. And the hope of that, when that happens and you accept Jesus into your heart, then your sins are forgiven. And now you can encounter God's love and you can have a relationship with God. Right. Because if they're like the, the, the problem that I have with a lot of Christians is that you can like love is about being in a relationship. We know that it's very mm -hmm, elementary. Mm -hmm. Right. But sometimes it, when we think about our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with God, like we sometimes like we, we take that idea of having a relationship with God so loosely. Mm. I mean, it's profound, this idea that we can actually have a relationship with Jesus, uh, with God. And the reason why Jesus had to come was so that we can have that relationship with him. Right. And in the Old Testament, when you read it, they couldn't have that kind of intimacy with God. But because of Jesus, we're able to. Why? Because when God sees us, he doesn't see the sins that we commit or don't commit. He sees Jesus. And I'm telling you, I will sign up for that every single day and twice on Sunday. I would. So, I don't know. I hope that answers it. Yeah, no, it definitely does. But now it's making me think of like the second part of that question, which. <clears throat> What's the second part? So the Gentiles? Um, no, no, not the Gentiles. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, no. <clears throat> um, so. It's more like there's this interesting relationship, I feel like, with Christianity where uh, we believe that we are good because God created us in his image. But then there's like a duality to it because then the other, the flip side of it, is, of it is like, I think as Christians, we're a lot more like keenly aware of our brokenness than even people that are not Christians are yeah. because we have a, a standard of what Jesus is put for us and so mm -hmm. i feel like even more than people who are like you know quote unquote in the world and like don't know jesus we live constantly aware of our shortcomings of like how yeah. we cannot meet that standard and it's yeah. like that duality that goes together but then how do you i don't know how do you like because you know i was thinking about this because my daughter was my other daughter audrey was praying at night and she was like when god created me he looked at me and he was like that is a good child that's what she said and I was like, yeah, that's that's probably like somewhat biblically yeah. true because God created us in his image. But how do we um, I'm trying to articulate this question in a way that makes sense, because in my head it makes sense. But like, as I say it, it's sounding crazier and crazier. Um, if when we, as Christians, we accept Jesus, does that mean that when we become a categorically new creation, only mm -hmm. the good stuff is now being brought through the good stuff of our old self you mean yes so like how much of it how what does it mean exactly yeah when somebody so you said what are, does it mean to be a new creation yeah like what does it mean that when they say like yeah. you know in galatians like it is no longer i who live it's christ who lives so then where have i gone mm -hmm, mm -hmm. does this make sense no, it does. And the passage says that you're the new creation. The old has, has gone. The right. new has now come and is an emerge in your life. Yeah. So how much of my old self is still there? Is it even there? Oh, yeah. I mean, so, you know, here's, here's how I interpret that passage when we are a new creation, meaning that everything in this world that, that could potentially destroy us, like whatever sin, whatever things that happen in our lives, the new creation, we get to encounter a bit of what redemption can look like even now so it's this thing called realized eschatology that we can get a little bit of taste of heaven here on earth you can't experience that unless you're a new creation right and so if the old creation i think what it really means theologically is this there's no hope there's no mm -hmm. hope 
in the mm. old creation. There's no hope. Our sins will lead to death, right? There is no hope outside of God, right? And so there's just no hope. The new creation is because now we have Christ in us, because God sees Jesus in us, we have an opportunity to live a different life, a life where sin doesn't oppress us and control us, you know, things like that. And now we have this new way of living life. And whatever we might have gone through in our lives, whatever we might go through today or tomorrow that looked like death, God can still breathe life into it. That's that's the power of being this new creation, you know, because we have this relationship and this and, and this intimacy with God because of what Christ has done. So, yeah, that's how I see it. It's not that, you know, everything about you is, is gone. No, I think we spend our entire lives dealing with our old nature, right? Because mm -hmm. we have to deal with our old nature. And, I, you know, our old nature, is like like your daughter said, it's it's we're not all inherently bad. And and that's the problem. I think too much in the church, we've made our sinful nature to be like our, our identity in yeah. God. Yeah. And we can't. It's a. It's not an identity. It's 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 a condition, a broken condition. We should never find our identity in being a sinful person. We need to find. It's a new creation. Is this our identity is now found in being a child of God? That's powerful, right? Mm -hmm. That's powerful. And like what Tim Keller said is like we didn't do anything to create that. Mm -hmm. That was mm -hmm. Jesus who created that that position that we can live into it in spite of our sins. Were the people of God always children of God? Of course, but their sins prevented them from living into that identity. This new creation, because of what Christ has done, allows you and I, in spite of our sins, to still understand that we, and we can claim the identity of being a child of God because Jesus forgives us of our sins. God forgives us through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I think, I hope that helps. But that actually here, here's does the, help. Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. So I know some Christians, because you're like me, some of you are just jacked up in your thinking. Then you think, well, then I'm going to just go and do whatever I want. I'm going to just sin as much as I want. Like, it doesn't matter, right? God only sees me. God only sees Jesus. He doesn't see me. So I can just go and live my life in however I want to live it. You will never fully understand the depth, the height, and the width of God's love if that is your understanding, or if that's how you theologize you know, in, uh, your spirituality and your understanding of God. Because at the end of the day, like, if it, I just want to make it very simple. You know, obedience is still very key in spiritual maturation and spiritual growth. If you want to mature and have a deeper relationship with God, you're going to have to overcome your sinful ways and you're going to have to want to live out the calling that God's purpose for every single one of us. And that's to go and to expand his kingdom. That's his calling upon every single one of us. And if we're just going to do whatever we want to do and we're not going to allow God to kind of direct us, then yeah, then you've chosen a path that at the end of the day, um, you, when you might get to heaven, you'll just barely get there, but you will not get any rewards in heaven and rewards are a real thing. You will, and rewards are not based upon, you know, whether you believe in Jesus or not, rewards will be given to you based upon your obedience to God. And I don't know about you, but I want to get, these are the rewards that will last for all eternity, right? This is what Jesus says. Why are you guys storing up your treasures here on earth? Right. Where, where it will just get destroyed. He says, store your treasures in heaven. And so for me, at least for me, and you're not going to say because I'm a pastor, I guess, but <laughs> I would prefer to store my treasures in heaven than here on earth. Because when I die, I'm not going to bring any of that stuff with me. I'd rather store my treasures in heaven. So anyway, so that's why it's still important for us to live in obedience and to connect with God, not just for this, this rewards that we're going to get, although we will, but it allows us to live deeper into what, what I believe God wants us to live into is, is expanding his kingdom and, and trying to create an opportunity for people to encounter what heaven is going to be like. And when we're able to do that because we are this new creation. So, yeah, you're right. It's funny because like, you know, I was reading through, I think it was Mark now. I think I'm in Mark now uh, where even demons 
know the identity of Jesus. That's right. That's so right. what separates us from demons if all we say is, well, we know you're God, but I'm just going to do whatever I want at this point, because yeah. it's not about, you know, acknowledging who God is. It's about living out um, the yeah. call that he's placed in our yeah. lives and being obedient to that. And so that's, it's right. Um, even I think for some of us, demons have more faith than us. Yeah, I mean, it's actually kind of right. ironic because I, I feel like that's kind of evident in those passages because even the disciples still kind of don't know who Jesus is. Yeah. But the demons yeah. are like, you are Jesus. Yeah, yeah, God. that's right. That's what? right. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. Let's be better than demons, people. Let's absolutely. Demons. Absolutely. Okay. And even if we fall, it's okay. But receive God's grace, repent. But, uh, but yeah, just, you know, move forward. Move forward. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> My second question is not as like, theological necessarily but i want to see if there's like a biblical basis for this get ready okay what's, okay what's so we've one? talked a lot about fallen pastors right pastors yes. who've you know committed moral i don't know fallen Failure. morally yeah i yeah. don't know i don't yeah. know what yeah. you yeah. categorize these pastors there's so many like there's a variety of issues that these pastors have had and you know we now kind of have blacklisted them i guess like society has blacklisted them but a lot of these like pastors have been highly influential. And to be honest, I feel like a lot of these pastors are still their legacy lives on in a lot of the way we do church and the way we live out our Christian lives because they were very prolific, you know, speakers and writers. And, um, you know, I was looking at my bookshelf and I was like, I have some books that, you know, thanks to Metro's HD. <laughs> Did we read a Bill Hybels book? I feel like we we did read a Bill Hybels book. Oh, yeah. Of course, um, Courageous Leadership. We read. So yeah. what should I do with these books? I mean, if the person who's authored it has fallen, does that mean that the books are no longer valid? Like the lessons that mm. we've learned? Like, should we toss them in the trash? Or is is are you on team like all truth is God's truth and it's okay to like hold on to the books? Like, what is your opinion on that? And is there a biblical stance on it? Uh, so, uh, I, I would go with the latter, mm. um, because I mean, we're all broken, sinful people. Um, I mean, and you know, I think we can cut each other some slack and I do believe like, you know, some of these fallen, uh, leaders who've written some really great stuff like Bill Hybels and others, um, even Ravi Zacharias, I mean, he was a brilliant apologist. So, I mean, you know, some of his books like, uh, Jesus among other gods was like a really great book. It was influential in me. You know, thinking about where does you know Christianity faith stack up with the other faith? So mm -hmm. I just think you know they're not the Bible, right? So it's 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 different, and so but uh, I think the principles are powerful, and you know I don't I don't I, I I don't know about going out and buying more books or like I don't I don't think I would ever you know unless yeah I mean I don't know if I would like encourage people to you know like if I did another mm -hmm. HD mm -hmm. and say hey listen we're gonna be courageous leadership I think I'd pick another book but I certainly wouldn't get rid of any of those books because there's there you know they were still influential in my own life and so no I think it's okay you know like I have a soft spot for pastors uh, I really love and care for pastors and I understand when pastors fall you know things like that so you know I I would still keep them I wouldn't burn them or throw them away you know things like that so yeah so that's like one side of the coin but then there's another side like you know, because I have been doing this for like almost 20 years now, um, you know, I've gotten to know quite a bit of pastors. I've gotten to know some very like kind of well-known pastors and I've gotten to know some of their lives and even their personal lives. And for me, I'm just going to say, this is just my perspective. I really struggle buying books from pastors where I don't feel like they're really walking the walk, mm. you know? Um, you know, so I don't know if I would spend my money now 
in uh, purchasing books and things like that from pastors that I, I struggle to respect, you know, and stuff. So anyway, yeah. So I, I'll just leave it at that. But, you know, I think for my older books that I've already purchased, no, I think it's okay to keep them. You know, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, like, look at what the disciples did. I mean, they were constant, like, making mistakes and, you know, committing sin and stuff like that. And Peter, like, not only denied Jesus three times, but also Paul had to confront him, right? Because he was definitely, you know, being self-conscious about hanging out with Gentiles when his Jewish friends came in for a meal, right? And so, like, then he would leave them and Paul saw it and he was like, oh, shoot, Peter, not only are you doing this, but everyone's following you because you're like the man. You're the man. Everyone's following your lead. So Paul publicly rebukes him in Galatians, right? He says he publicly rebukes him in front of everyone. I mean, that is... That's like me rebuking the Pope. Okay. <clears throat> but you don't think that there's some difference between, um, because I think the difference for me in terms of like the pastors is we all make mistakes. That's true. But it, it matters to me how the story ended. And I know that's kind of a difficult thing to gauge because like, for example, okay. Right, like in the case of Rabbi Zacharias, like he yeah. died. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I know there were people who were like, well, how can you be accusing a man who's not even here to defend himself? And they were getting all upset. But simultaneously, um, there are reports of woman, a woman, this one woman who came forward while he was still alive and he mm -hmm. denied it completely and completely ostracized her and her family. And they basically almost yeah. um, like excommunicated yeah. her from yeah. their church and made them into pariahs. And yeah. so to me, that speaks volumes about where he was in terms of his like heart yeah. um, and yeah. Let's say hypothetically in that case, he had repented and been like kind of like David and been like, oh, my gosh, like I have been terrible. And he confessed willingly all the things that he had done wrong. I feel like that's a different scenario and more in line with disciples making mistakes than somebody mm. who literally went to the grave, never acknowledging the sins that he was committing and never yeah. acknowledging the hurt that he caused and the sins that he committed yeah. against another person. Yeah. And I feel like in that case my instinct is like, I, I just can't, I don't know. How can I read what he wrote and really be like, this was from God? I, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. like the struggle for me. Let's say, you know, yeah. the pastor actually um, repented publicly, confessed all the things that he did and is trying to now redirect his life in God. That I think is completely different for me. Like that I would mm. be much more willing to be like, I'll keep your books. Um, but my instinct was like, I don't think I can read these things anymore and still mm. give it the credibility that I had when I read it, you know, 10 years ago. You know, I think I, re I, I respect that. You know, I think everyone's different and I respect it. And if that's something that you feel conviction on, then I think that's, I, I would just say, go for it. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to this, honestly, uh, because, um, you know, it's, we don't know what happened to Ravi before he died. I mean, he could have repented of everything. Right. And uh, he maybe he didn't publicly repent, but he repented. And so we don't know anything. Only God will know that at the end. Right. So I don't know. We, we won't know how the story ends. And right. just that example with David, I mean, just because he repented of committing, you know, adultery on Bathsheba and being a murderer at the end of the day, I mean, he wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for, you know, um, if it wasn't for uh, uh, the, the, the prophet Nathaniel, uh, Nathan, that came up to him and really confronted him about it. Right. And when you really look at David's life, I mean, golly, that was just the beginning. But he, I mean, just the guy just sinned after sin after sin. And so I don't know if he fully repented at the end because his life didn't end. His life never ended like he was living a real repentant life. Uh, he didn't, he, he got worse as he got older. Right. David started out really well, but he ended horribly. And so I don't know. And yet he's authored books in the Bible. 
you know, and we still read it, you know, and stuff like that. So I think there is something to be said about, you know, when if God, if, if, if some people can be really inspired and God will speak to them and God could speak, you know, in spite of them, right? I mean, remember the the passage when uh, the disciples were like, hey, hey, like, Jesus, like these guys are speaking about you, but they don't even know you really. Like we don't, we, we never, you never taught them, you never disciple them. And Jesus said, just leave them. If they're speaking about me, then it's fine. You know, it's not going to hurt. It's not going right. to hurt in that way. So yeah. So I, I, I think, I think, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong in this, but I think you got to go with your convictions. But at the same time, I think you know we see even biblical authors where they have sinned dreadfully, and uh, and God still used them to to. Um, put together the word of God. So I don't know that could be very controversial. Some people might have issues with that, but yeah, but I mean, I stand by that, especially when you think about Peter too. So, but yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I guess for me, because I'm much more of a black and white thinker, it's like, yes, you, you are know, to be honest. Like I would, would I ever read like men camp for whatever, like Hitler's book on leadership? I mean, to be honest, if we're going to talk about somebody who was a really excellent leader, Hitler was a pretty like skilled leader. I don't want to say he's a good leader, but he was a yeah, skilled leader. Would leader. I ever yeah. would I ever take um, you know, like lessons from his book and say, well, at least he accomplished like what he wanted to? Probably not. So to me, it's like inextricably tied, like the person's character yeah. and their legacy. Yeah, I agree. Um, but you're right. I think that, you know, it gets a little bit trickier when it comes to faith and like a person's actual yeah. faith journey because it's so private. Yeah. And, you know, even when Ravi Zacharias died, I remember on social media forums, there were people who say like saying things like, well, you know, he clearly went to hell. And even yeah. that was like, well, first of all, that's very unhelpful to even yeah. write something like that. Um, like, why is that relevant here? We're not but God. Also, I mean, how would we know? To be judging like that right. is just ridiculous. But it's like, yeah. how would we know? Like, yeah. And, you know, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully we are, again, I, I realize this is like a terrible, terrible thing um, that happened to a lot of the victims that he oppressed and like he harassed and molested. And it's there's just no words to describe the atrocity. Simultaneously, though, I would hope that as Christians, we're also not hoping that the man is like burning in hell. I mean, at least for yeah. me, because I'm a third party and it's not a personal thing for me. I know it's easier for me to say, but I feel like, you know, I think it says something about my heart especially as somebody who's a third party observer, if I'm sitting here going, I'm, I hope he's burning a hell. Like I hope he's condemned forever. Like that, yeah. that to me is like really that whole plank thing where I'm, I'm not saying I've, I would ever, I hope I never go to the lengths of what he's done to other people, but simultaneously, like I'm not a perfect person. And so hopefully it's not my smug attitude looking at that being like, I hope he's burning in hell. Like That's he right. deserves it. Cause we That's all right. deserve it. Yep. You know? And I hope that doesn't lighten the fact that I don't, I'm not saying what he did was okay. Like it was not mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. but I think at the same time, God's grace is bigger than any sin we could commit. And so, you know, um, I would be very uncomfortable with, with me being like, I hope he's burning in hell for what he did forever. You know? And you know, it's, thank God you're not God, whoever's saying that, you know, like, yeah. because it's all about your performance. And I think that's all the more profound than what Tim Keller says. I mean, God's love is so offensive. It is so offensive when you think about it, because that parable, when um, you know, when he hired the servants to go out and work the fields, I don't like that them, parable, <laughs> right? And he and, and there were there were servants that worked so a full day, and there was servants that only worked like an hour, and they all got the same wage. And I think what we can take from that parable is this: we don't tell God how to love, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and God's love is offensive. It is absolutely offensive because it's nothing like well, how our love is because so much of our love is conditional based. So, you know, just we have no business in determining who goes to heaven or hell or wishing 
And, uh, you know, thank God, God is God. Like people will ask me those questions. Do you think this person is going to go to hell? Do you think these people are going to, I'm like, that's all up to God. It's not up to me, man. That's, I'm, I'm not the judge. I'm, I'm, you know, we're just called to love and try to grow in mercy and understanding. We're not called to just be angry and hate and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, yeah. So although Sua, I tell you what, I remember what? I told you why you were in Vegas to watch that Netflix special. I don't know if you watched it. Oh, oh my gosh. It? Okay. It's on my list. It's on my list, but maybe I shouldn't be no, reading. I just want to warn you. Me about I just want to warn you. I just want to warn you if you watch it. Cause I, I, no, I'm going to watch. I it. was one of those judging. I was just like, this, I was like, talk about Remember we had that question about castration, like yeah. the full castration. I was like, this boy deserves a full castration, man. Full, full. You, so, I mean, you did say he was. You think you think your money is on he's burning in hell. Oh, um, my. well, I mean, he's not dead yet, so he's he got arrested recently. So we'll see what happens. But man, it means very little hope because the stuff he was doing and what he was saying and the. But I feel like that's what it is. It's like yeah. I say these things, but then you know I'm gonna watch this documentary, and you know what? My visceral reaction probably is gonna be, God, I hope he doesn't repent because he needs to burn in yeah. hell. You know what I'm saying? So these things are very like raw. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like well, what I was guy reading. Was a yeah. You know, Ravi is different because Ravi was not a cult leader. This guy was a cult leader, right? So he was he was projecting that he's Jesus, he's God, you know, and and yeah. and he rape women and saying this is how much God loves you, you know, and stuff. So I mean, it's just I mean, the guy was just diabolical in so many different ways. But I tell you, if there was a, if there was a guy when I was watching that thing, I was like, man, that boy, that boy's gonna burn in hell. I, just I don't like, understand I, why Koreans are so susceptible to cults. I don't, and you know, he, he, he targeted people from like Yonsei, Seoul, like these were yeah. the smartest people in yeah. Korea and they, and so many of them, tens of thousands of them fell for it. But that's you probably because like Satan really is completely sad. like full on behind him and Satan. Well, yeah. To, and, and, but with and, Hitler and was, is like a very was, powerful skill. He was making massive predictions, man, about elections and stuff yeah. like that. And it all came yeah. true. Uh, they actually saw some healing you know, and stuff like that. And so, of course, they see this and they're like, okay. And they believe that he's, you know, who he, he is, who he says he is. But I mean, I just, I just want to prepare yourself for it. Um, Just just be ready. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's hard to watch, but I think it's important to kind of watch. But I couldn't get, I, I just watched three episodes and I couldn't watch anymore. Okay, like, but like, I'm just going to say, though, if you're going to go with your God is, God's love is offensive yeah. theory, um, you know, yeah. I mean, if this guy were to repent and be like, I'm sorry, then... Are you? Do you think that God's love is big enough to cover his? Sins? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Which absolutely. is have, terrible. Like I don't want to think about it. He'll have he'll, he'll have zero rewards in heaven, oh, but God, God will forgive him. Yeah, but you know, a guy like that, uh, he's a very long place away. You know, I think because he's a cult leader, he thinks he's God, right? And so, if you think you're God, yeah. it's going to be very, it's going to be hard for you to repent because you really believe that you are God. Yeah. No, you know, that's true. And pathological liars, you know, like if you if you study them. If you tell a lie long enough, you actually believe it's true. And this that's guy why I is... said I should I would choose my past to be lying all the time. <laughs> I could create an alternate reality Sua, for myself. Sua, Sua, you know what your lie is? Oh my God, I'm sorry. Like you know, we were busy or whatever. Like you know, we just, we didn't do anything big. Is that for how I talk? Are birthday. you imitating me? Right yeah, now? like oh my God, like you know, I we didn't do that much for like the that. birthday. I know, I know, but I'm just saying oh that is the kind of lie you want. Like it's different if you're like I want to kill someone and I'm going to lie about. It. That's a whole different ballgame. But your lie is such a white lie. That's why it's like it, it cracks me up. It's so entertaining because you don't want to um... like really lie. You want to no, so... give a white lie. 
right? But Just I was, a um, little bit of a really white young. Lie. We were my parents, like my family and I were watching a Korean drama. And in this, yeah. dra- I was like maybe nine. And in this drama, the story, there's a lot of these stories in Korean dramas. The guy, it's like about an older brother who's a cop and the younger brother who's like, a criminal and the younger brother has committed a crime and has come to the older brother to hide him um and so the older brother is like hiding him and i got so angry because i was watching this and i got so angry and i was like how dare he he has broken the rules and the law he needs to he needs to report his brother to the cops and my mom and dad looked at me like i was a sociopath like they were like what kind of monster have we birthed and so she looks at me and she goes so you're telling me that if i committed a crime you would report me? And I was like, yes, yeah. you need to pay her yeah. dues. So, so, so here's the thing. Uh, so the, so in seminary, what I learned is this, yeah. God's love is like the love of a paraclete, right? Mm-hmm. And a paracletic love is so different from like a typical love because a paraclete, when you, when you kind of unpack that, it's somebody who loves you so much that's even willing to be your accomplice. Mm. in the sin interesting and that's like if anything it's kind of like the love of a mom having for their children mm-hmm. like if their children committed a crime or like that example their mm-hmm. brother right mm-hmm. um his love was the love of a paraclete okay but what he is my love then <laughs> it's not you don't have that paraclitic love yet so <laughs> but you would you would have that for john and you would have that for your girls i i know you will i know you will but i would just say that uh and that's why god's love is so offensive right and that's why when you read a parable like mm-hmm. that we get so offended because it just doesn't seem fair, but yeah. It's, yeah. You know, nobody will understand the depth of God's love for each and yeah. every one of us and what he was willing to do. And that's why he, you know, he who knew no sin became sin and he ended up dying for us. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. So you want it, the last question? Oh, do we have time? Last, for last one and we're question? done. Yes. Okay. Last question. What's this last one? Um, this is also not like a theological question, but it's okay. more a question that I had because, um, you know, uh, a lot of us do devotionals, right? Like devotionals are a big part of Christian yeah. life. But I stopped doing like the traditional format of devotionals. Like, I want to say right around the time that maybe I started working at Metro uh, because I felt challenged to hear directly. (laughs) It's kind of like a bold thing to ask. But I was like, you know, I don't want to keep reading other people's um, Mm -hmm. hearing from God. I want to hear from God myself. And so talking about girl. Well, no. So I stopped reading the devotionals that kind of told me what to believe and i just started reading yes. the straight raw bible um that's not talking so, about okay but and you know what shout out to my small group leader christy she's like a huge proponent of like really studying the word and not having like an indirect source why are you smiling i believe christy probably because you started reading the bible that raw that's why you got that's why you got bap- that's why you got uh the gift of the tongues man okay can, can, i knew you were gonna say something like this why Get do you keep tongues. mentioning this so that's anyway you these prophetic dreams you and john gotta stop online shopping. first of all that was not a prophetic dream. You and john i'm are pretty one. sure that was not you and, but but think about this it, you know maybe you, you know you and john are one why do you keep bringing john should... he's gonna be so mad i know but i think that i'm just trying to interpret your prophetic dream for you sometimes i just want to put it out I'm like, there i'm, I'm your say, joseph right now listen i am not somebody i'm not sitting here right now being like god speaks to me in my dreams like that is not what i'm saying um my point is there's a very a very dream. minuscule almost in, like non-existent chance that this is true and god forbid i break god's command for me that's why i'm doing it but i don't but, actually believe that he's but it cannot be single it cannot be just exclusive to only you without john oh i'm saying it's, you guys are one so he's got to jump on it too do it 
together. It's, so just, crazy. it's just it's just 30 days. I'm actually no, it's it's till the season's over. It's like a week and a half. Yeah, two it's weeks, pretty two it's weeks. pretty yeah. Two weeks. No shopping um, for two weeks. What's you anyway. know what's terrible is John keeps saying to me, Hey, you want me to buy it for you? <laughs> Why do you think you had that dream? Why do you think you had that dream? <laughs> so anyway, um right, so right. my question so let's is let's go with right? this hypothetical question. Okay. Yeah. So my question is, right? Like, is there a place in your opinion? There's two parts. Is there a place for devotional types or do you think that it is better to straight read the bible and second the bible is a very very difficult book to read mm -hmm. it is not like accessible the way i mean the new testament a little bit more accessible but like some of those old testament passages and even the new testament sometimes i read it and i'm like what like today i was reading something oh my gosh what was i reading and Sua, i so you look like you just like ate like a lemon or something your facial <laughs> no, expression is hilarious gosh i get it's so like when you're reading through the bible especially the because the old testament i expect to be pretty rough sometimes yeah. but the yeah. new testament you'll be reading it and you expect it to be digested pretty easily yes. and then you get to this one part and you're just like what like why would jesus say that like what does that even mean and you get so frustrated right and I guess my, my so my question is, it would be in those cases so much easier to have like somebody else tell me Absolutely. what to take as my application. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like you have to wrestle with some of those things because I feel like, um, you know, the Bible isn't is alive. It it's personal, That's right. and God is speaking That's right. to you, and the Spirit is there. That's right. So That's right. how do you balance? that and should i be reading commentaries like if i run into something and i'm literally like why did jesus just kill this freaking fig tree for no reason just because he's being so petty like should i be reading the commentary or should i be like god holy spirit like give me <laughs> the, the commentary like yes jesus is being petty <laughs> right exactly so because that's kind of like sometimes yeah. i read it and i'm like why did jesus say that like why did jesus say that to whom a lot is given, more will be given. And then to whom like has little, even the little will be taken away. That sounds so terrible. And why would he say that? You know, and because um, okay, but my, just okay, yeah, but anyway, okay, is, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. am I supposed I to you, then be you. like, let's go read the commentary of what smarter people have said, or should I be sitting in it and give myself some time with God to see if maybe he responds? What is your opinion on this? Yeah, I, I definitely. I, so my recommendation would be that uh, you have to wrestle with it. You have to let God speak to you through the text because God does. He does speak. One of the best ways in how God speaks to us today is through the Bible. And so because we have the spirit living inside of us, you know, we got to wrestle with it. Wrestling with the text is wonderful. Like I'm just saying, like, read it over and over again and just reflect mm -hmm. upon it and hear it. You know, uh, so commentaries are good. And like, the I think devotionals are good, uh, especially for those who who really struggle to to enjoy the Bible. Uh, and sometimes it gives people sort of a, you know, a deeper understanding of text and stuff like that. I think it's good, but, you know, I've never met, you know, I mean, I don't want to be too judgy here, but I've never met a real spiritually mature person that just grew because they, they lived off the spiritualities of other people, mm -hmm. other authors, right? And that's called secondhand spirituality. And so unfortunately, that's kind of what we've been doing. We've been doing secondhand spirituality type stuff where we're living off the spiritualities of other people. God really wants you to have a firsthand spirituality. He wants you mm -hmm. to grow in your relationship with him. So one of the ways in how we do that is we pray, but we also read the Bible and we meditate on it and God will speak to you through it. And like, I know for some of us, it's okay. Like he won't speak to you all the time, but that's okay. But there'll be times if you're open to it, he really will begin to speak to you. And uh, and just have to reflect and hear his voice through it. And I just think that's a that's the way to do it. So like for me, when I when I write sermons now, I mean, mo a lot of pastors they don't even like read the t they 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 know what text they're going to preach on, 
and they don't even like go to God with it. They just they, what they do is they just go to commentaries. And I get it because mm. you know if you have to preach every Sunday, I mean yeah. it's overwhelming. It's, it's yeah. absolutely overwhelming. So I totally get it. But for me, uh, you know, I preach mainly. I have to read the text over and over and over again. I just have to ask myself, God, what are you saying to me in this passage? And so I'll start kind of coming, I'll put a sermon together, kind of like what I feel like I'm hearing. And then what I do then is then I read the commentaries to make sure I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I didn't hear wrong, right? That I'm not preaching heresy here. But I think commentaries should be supplementary, you know? So commentaries are good for you, if um, for anyone to read. If they want to learn more about the background, mm. you know, in the context, context is really key, you know, because sometimes we go into it with the 21st century context, but you got to go into it, you know, in the, in the gospels with a first century context, you know? And so commentaries are great because, you know, these scholars are historians. And so they're able to really help you to understand what the context is like, what the background was like, right. and they kind of mm. make that come alive. I think that's important for commentaries, but you shouldn't be searching for commentaries. I think primarily to see if what God's going to say to you. I think God can speak to you. Um, and you just got to let him do it. It just takes practice. And the more you do it, the better, you know, the better it's going to be. So, yeah, but you got You got to put yourself in that place where you're going to be able to hear God's voice. And I would actually, you know, I don't know, Sue. I mean, I think you're at that place now, too. But I mean, you got to put yourself at a place where you're hearing from God. I mean, I don't want to put a number to it, but I mean, at least weekly, you should be hearing God's voice. Right. Once a week. That's what do you mean much. by that? You like should be audibly hearing it. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Reading scripture and God should be able to kind of speak to you about passages that apply that you can apply to your life. You know, just simply like mm -hmm. that should be something where God ministers. Then I feel like I'm in. I really got the word today. Mm -hmm. Like, that's great. Mm -hmm. I got it, you know, and stuff. And so, you know, wrestling, interacting. I mean, there's all that stuff. So anyway. Yeah. But I think like, you know, that would be great. A rhythm if, if, if you can hear from God like weekly. All right. You know monthly you know but i mean at least you know for me yeah i don't know if i can go too long in my relation with god if i'm not hearing from him like at least weekly but see you that's so much easier when you have the application devotional where somebody like i would it's so much easier to hear from god quote unquote, life application if, like, oh, beth Bible? Moore, no Bible. no i'm saying if like beth moore can tell me what to believe no. you know what i'm yeah. saying no i'm not saying yeah. I sh i'm yeah. proposing yeah. that you do that yeah. but yeah. i'm just saying sometimes it's yeah. so much easier yeah um it feels yeah. almost like a shortcut sure, if sure. I can just read a text and then just go straight to, you know, what does Beth Moore say that I should do with my life based on this or Esther Tim text? Keller say. Or Tim Keller <laughs> or say. Tim Keller yeah, say. yeah. Yeah. Versus, but, you know, it takes a lot more, you know, it, I think it's the ambiguity of the reading the Bible because a lot of, for me, mm. it's so difficult to sit in the ambiguity of it because mm. I'm a very black and white person and yeah. I'm a literal person yeah. and I want somebody to tell me what it is. But to to read a text and to really sit in it and be like, like read it over and be like, God, what are you saying to me? Mm -hmm. it, there's a lot more ambiguity there and takes a lot more patience. And I think yeah. that's why in our culture where we're just checking off reading the Bible, it's much harder to do that version than just have somebody else tell me somebody else that I trust. But here's the thing, yeah. right? That person that I trust yeah. may turn out to be, you know, like really yeah. not Rabbi Zacharias. following God. So I guess that's the yeah. danger of following other people's well, spirituality. Listen, like I I, no, I, I think, I think it's important to, you know, to hear the inspirations that other people have and what they have to say about certain tests. And I think that's great because there are some people who are just really good and gifted at it, but I don't think that's what God wants you to do. I think at the end, he wants you to seek him and he'll speak to you very, in, 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 in a lot of, at least for me, Sua, like, you know, depending on what I'm going through through the day, like, I'm just amazed that the Bible will just somehow really speak to me in my context. 
And that's stuff that you can't really get from, you know, from like, you know, commentaries or like other authors. But, you know, I have a very systematic way in how I read the Bible. And God just usually often speaks to me just by going the systematic way in how I'm reading a text. And it's just, it's just really beautiful for me. So any event, yeah. And, you know, the, God speaking to you is really about um, encountering his presence. And that's why it's so special for me, you know, because it's not just, okay, God, all right, I, I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. But there's such a presence that I get to encounter. Because when God's speaking to you, you know you're in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. So it's a real powerful. So that's why the word is a very different thing for me. It's not just, you know, because I mean, this is my job. I have to read the Bible yeah. for a living. Yeah. So I have to like separate that and say, no, I'm coming to you, God, as a child. And I want to, I want, I'm, I want to commune. I want to encounter your presence. And when you, and when you're going, when you go into the Bible and you really believe you can encounter God's presence as you read it, God will speak to you. But if you go to it and you don't really believe it, then I think it'll be harder. But yeah, but it takes time. And like, like I always tell people that when you read, like don't read too much, but as you're reading, if there's like a verse or two that really gets, gets to you, like it ministers to you, like if you want to finish reading what you got to read for the day, go for it, but underline those verses and then go back to it. And I would just encourage you to read it over and over and over and over again until God really speaks to you. Because that's what helps me. Because I don't usually get it at the first read, but I'll see it and I'll say, okay, I'm going to stop right now. And I'm just going to stay here for a while. And I'm just going to keep reading this over and over. And it's just amazing like how God can kind of speak. And I, I love to journal when I do that. And it's just, I feel like it's just this process where God just kind of leads me into his presence. So anyway, yeah, so that's what I say. But I think it really is important if you can get to the place where you are reading the Bible and God's really speaking to you and you're encountering his presence. I think that's so much better than you reading a, a devotional or another author. I mean, that, I think that should be supplemental, but I think, you know, your firsthand spirituality should come from your time with God. So that was, that's what I would say. So, so those good. are great questions. Great Thank questions. You. Thank you. Great. Answers. If you have any, theolo- if you have any theological questions, feel free to respond back on the comment section. And uh, <laughs> I might, I might, I might uh, forward that to David Hosang, but, uh, <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, but, uh, You're a doctor now, almost. I don't yeah, want to jinx it, but almost, almost. I got to defend in a few weeks. But anyway, yeah. But uh, but anyway, no. But if you do have a question, like a theological question or something that you've always kind of, you know, thought, um, you know, you you wanted an answer to a question, yeah, you feel free to comment, send an email, uh, Peter or Sua at weekpastor.org, right? And we'd be happy to kind of respond. Yeah, yeah. You, you might get a real short answer. You know, so uh, because uh, I don't like writing long, long emails, right? So you know, I'm not. A, I That's don't, why you I, can't I'm not use like Hosang. AI technology because they use full sentences yeah. of like full grammar <laughs> exactly. and punctuation. Exactly, You're gonna be man. like, what? No. For me, it's like I, when people send me an email. My goal is to f- answer it in one sentence. You know, that's because you also have a disease where you can't leave emails unanswered. Oh my god! Although like, I said, I, was... I heard you got better at it though recently. Yeah, I've got better at it. I mean, I have like I'm okay with having like about ten. I can't have more than ten. Are you joking? Emails. No, I'm not joking. Right now, unread emails? right now, I have seven, and it bothers oh it bothers gosh. me that I have seven unread. Oh but, I mean, I read it, but I, I left it unread because I need to save it. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Oh, but I, 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 I'm not gonna say who, but I saw their phone recently, and they had like fifty six thousand unread emails. <laughs> Sua that person has given up. I think Sua, that would be my hell. <laughs> that would have fifty six thousand unread emails. I would not sleep until I got that down. Are you like, joking? Just, I'm serious. I cannot. I cannot see wow. that. I just, I have like a visceral response to that. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like for me, that's seven. That's your version of personal hell? That's, that's my OCD. 
56,000 unread emails. I got, oh I my got gosh. you. It's amazing. Wow. It's amazing. That's why a, a good, so like I would never contact that person through an email because he doesn't read it. Right. But for me, I read all my emails. That's actually still a great form of contacting me is through email. That's why it's better to email me than call me. So I don't, I don't like talking on the phone, but I'd much rather email text message? Than, than talk on the phone. Yeah. Text message is good too. Yeah. It's good mm. too. But anyway, mm. Thank you so much for listening. I do hope that you'll join us next week for another fresh brand new episode. Have a great week. Take care. Bye.